279 kilos of food are wasted every minute uh, wow. in Mauritius and it's actually the first source of waste uh, in Mauritius before plastic and all the other types of waste so you already mentioned like the bad effects that it has uh, on uh, the environment due to the GHG emissions but it also have other effects on the economy and of also ethical uh, issues uh, it uh, creates so Foodwise was created with a mission to save food to empower people and protect our planet. Hello and welcome to Entrepreneurs Talk Africa. I am Gérald Ami, a serial entrepreneur and your host for today's podcast episode. Today, before starting the, the episode, I would like to share with you some facts. This is happening on our planet on a daily basis. Fact number one, as you may already know, we are about 7 billion people of us on this planet. But what you might not know is that close to 100 million of us are actually starving. And guess what? One third of the food we produce, yes, one third, is wasted globally. This food waste creates 4.4 gigatons of greenhouse emissions. To put that into perspective, China as a country produces 10 gigatons of greenhouse gas emissions. The United States of America produces five gigatons and food waste 4.4 gigatons. By 2050, we will reach 9 billion people on the planet. And if we keep this trend as it is, the planet won't be a great place to live for a lot of us. So today, we invited someone that is actually doing something to address this issue of food wastage. I have the immense pleasure to welcome the co-founder of Foodwise, Rebecca Espitalia Noel, to tell us more about Foodwise, their initiatives, and her personal journey as a young woman entrepreneur. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. How are you doing? Hi, Gerard. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm delighted to be here and I'm feeling great. Thanks. Amazing. So, Rebecca, we've heard some pretty scary facts up there. Tell us about Foodwise and tell us how does it work? Yeah, definitely. So um, first, yeah, thanks of all for those facts, which are uh, shocking indeed. And um, so I will present a bit Foodwise and maybe also why we started uh, in Mauritius. So Foodwise is a social enterprise. We were created end of 2018. Um, then in other parts of the world, because 279 kilos of food are wasted every minute uh, wow. in Mauritius and it's actually the first source of waste uh, in Mauritius before plastic and all the other types of waste so you already mentioned like the bad effects that it has uh, on uh, the environment due to the GHG emissions but it also have other effects on the economy and of also ethical uh, issues uh, it uh, creates so Foodwise was created with a mission to save food, to empower people and protect our planet. 
So we have three main activities. So our main one, which we started with, is the food redistribution activity. So what we do is that we help companies redistribute their surplus food or unsold food to NGOs helping people in need. So we act as the intermediary between food businesses, whether it's hotels, wholesalers, supermarkets, restaurants. So we are the, uh, as the intermediary between them and the NGO, uh, which can be shelters, uh, schools, after-school programs, general family support program. Um, so today uh, we work with more than uh, 240 uh, food businesses in Mauritius and uh, 120 NGOs. So since our creation, as I said, two and a half years ago, end of 2018, we have managed uh, to save more than 600 uh, tons of food, which is the equivalent of approximately 2.5 million meals. So this has been been uh, able thanks to our partners of uh, we are nine uh, in our in our team so that was about our main and first activity then we diversified because uh, we wanted um, to save more food of course and to raise revenue to really go forward in our mission to be a social enterprise and have our own source of revenue so the second activity we launched uh, in december last year so december 2020 was a juice bar made of recycled food fruit and vegetables like imperfect fruits and vegetables which are not the good color the good size but still uh, really good of course so we turn them into beautiful juices and we are situated in the biggest uh, mall in Mauritius where we sell juices at a, at a at an affordable price to make healthy food available to everyone so this is our second activity and we are opening a new one uh, it's in September and then our third activity that we just launched uh, in June is a consulting activity um, that we we partnered with a Singapore startup called light blue consulting and uh, what we deliver is a zero food waste certification called the pledge on food waste so we are starting with a pilot now with nine uh, Mauritian companies so hotel and canteens and we are accompanying them uh, during six months with a digital uh, technological tool to help them reduce food waste and to reach a zero food waste certification so that's about uh, food wise in in a few minutes wow thanks what a journey for two and a half years of existence <laughs> wow um so just to go back on what you've been saying when you say um when you say for the produce uh, initiative that you just made when you say you're using the imperfect uh, fruits and vegetables. Um, they are imperfect for the supermarket. Yeah, market. exactly. Yeah, but they are exactly because this to be consumed. Exactly, because the supermarkets have standard, like tomatoes uh, have to be like a, a, a certain color or a certain Size. Wow. So a lot of actually fruits and vegetables go to waste. Uh, exactly. And actually, I think in Australia, because in Mauritius, there is quite a lot of a lack of data. But in Australia, I think 90% of the tomatoes uh, go to waste this because of their size and color. So it's this yeah, is, kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, so you, you have actually created a, a, a lot of initiatives not just uh, from the fact of reducing the, the, the 
good ways, but you are this uh, consultancy uh, branch of your business that you, you are now piloting. I, I, I don't know where it came from, but um, I would like to, to ask you to look back uh, on 2020 and, and the start of the pandemic, uh, where here in Mauritius ourselves, we went through two lockdowns, a seemingly never-ending border closure, how did how did um, Foodwise fare during the the pandemic? Mm. All those new initiatives uh, branching out uh, out of the situation, or tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. I think the pandemic had um, like a positive and a maybe less positive impact uh, on our on our social business. So first, I think it really, on a, the positive side, uh, it really opened new areas of uh, opportunity because companies were having, of course, a really difficult, uh, were in a really difficult, are uh, actually in a difficult financial situation. And so uh, they uh, really have to find solution to, to cut on costs. Um, and some, uh, like b- before they were making revenues and they were, like not as tight uh, financially as they are today. So they were less uh, interested about the food waste issue, which is costing them a lot. And now companies are really looking at this issue because they are really realizing that it can uh, make them uh, save a lot. So actually the the pledge uh, on food waste, so this uh, new consulting initiative we started is because actually hotels were closed and that they were really asking for a solution to help them when they start again, reduce their their food waste because they know that food waste uh, represents a, a big percentage of their food cost. So that was, yeah, a, a, a positive thing that came um, that came uh, during the pandemic. So new areas of opportunity. I think we could talk maybe more uh, uh, further on about what's next for Foodwise. And maybe I will explain a bit more on these new areas of opportunities and how the COVID had an impact on this. So that's a bit the first uh, positive one with also an increase in awareness because people um, during the lockdown like in Mauritius supermarkets were closed like it was really complete lockdown and even like middle class or wealthy people had food issue at home so they really realized the value of food and uh, trek uh, like um, boats uh, didn't arrive in Mauritius so we didn't have some products so they really realized that actually um, the yeah food had a real value that's crazy to say like this but and then when they went back in their food businesses they just thought like realized that they couldn't waste this food anymore and that uh, and that they had to do something with it so that was also positive for foodwise uh, as uh, for our food uh, redistribution project and then the more maybe a less a positive side was for our revenue generating projects so, for example, the Juice Bite was actually an idea uh, uh, and a project that we had before the lockdown and that was supposed to be launched way before, but then the lockdown uh, happened and, 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 and then we had to postpone. So this is kind of some revenues that we didn't have uh, and that it was postponed, but everything happens for a reason. And then we had another big project that we uh, put in place with a hotel group in Mauritius, so eight hotels. So actually we launched like a micro donation program. So we when um, uh, um, 
clients arrive in the hotel, we really um, design a path uh, to help them understand what the weather initiatives on the hotel, on the green side, and especially on food waste. And at the end of a stay, they um, uh, were encouraged to give two euros on their end, uh, on their bill on their bill uh, to Foodwise and um, and this seems small but uh, accumulating on all the clients uh, it's it's actually big numbers and so all the hotels were closed so this revenue generating project also had to be post postponed so these are a bit the two sides of a pandemic uh, positive and negative but uh, I think yeah we, we can't uh, complain uh, the the most important thing is that awareness is re, is uh, growing about this issue in Mauritius and that companies are more and more willing to tackle this issue so that's uh, that's positive because a lot of people are co of course are struggling with uh, the rise of inflation uh, especially in Mauritius all right um just for the sake of clarifying for our audience so the process and for myself the process of, of Foodwise is, um, I understand now that you work a lot with corporates, mainly the hospitality sector, uh, where actually a lot of, of, of food being um, manipulated, produced and, and, and wasted. But thanks to you now, not wasted anymore. So the process is, if I understand correctly, those businesses during their operation, they produce excess of food or food that would otherwise go directly to the waste. That's where they call upon your services. You take those excess of food and then bring it to the people that are actually lacking access to nutrition and food. Is yeah, that... exactly. Yeah, exactly. So maybe uh, just as a matter of, uh, of fact, the hotels actually uh, represent only 5% of uh, the total uh, number well, the total number of food donors we have actually distributors uh, represent the the majority of them uh, and also uh, supermarkets and producers so supermarket producers and distributors are the biggest part and then restaurant hotel and caterers are the smallest part and yes we have different types of reason why food is wasted whether it's packaging issues expiry date surplus food so we take all of this and we redistribute it to ngos whether it's one of uh, occurrences or regular projects so this can be every day or every week or one of occurrences yeah so this is ex exactly how we do it so foodwise does not have a processing activity or transformation activity and we are not in touch directly with the beneficiaries we are really the intermediary between the companies and the ngos all right and by doing that you have saved six million meals so far 600 tons of food 2.5 million meals yeah the 2 equivalent of 2.5 million meals yeah wow wow <laughs> amazing and so what is what is next for food wise yeah <laughs> what's ahead um, what, what are you looking so at yeah so i think now um after two and a half years we have really strengthened our grounds and we are really re ready to scale and good thing like on the 13th of uh, july so two days ago we just had a positive response for from the stanford seed transformation program so we were accepted uh, in their program so it's a one-year program to help uh, startups uh, in africa and asia to scale uh, so Amazing. that's uh, yeah, that's a that's a really good um, 
really good timing for us and really good news. So really our next step is to scale. Now how? First, of course, scale our existing activities, so the food redistribution, because we want to go more into lobbying, uh, because there are some laws in Mauritius, for instance, like the best before date, which is the quality of the food, and the expiry date, which is actually the date after which the food is, um, we, we don't, uh, um, um, it's it's better that you don't eat it afterwards because you can get uh, sick. The two in Mauritius are the same in the law, and so you have to throw it away after these two dates. But in it's really different, and the best before date, these products can be eaten afterwards. And actually, in many other countries, uh, not to say all the, con the countries, best before date product can can be donated after their date, even three, three months after their date. So if we change this in Mauritius, we could uh, save a lot more food. So that's where we are going a bit on the food redistribution side with more uh, discussion with the government. And then of course, open another reduce and in September, and we hope uh, uh, others, and then uh, expand our consulting service uh, if the pilot project that ends in December goes well. Then we want to launch so these are the three activities a new activity because actually we today our model uh, food redistribution model is based is 100 donation based system so companies donate the food to us and we donate to ngo so we really want to diversify the service we offer to companies and ngo so we um while like the donation solution is, is great, we it's not the best solution for companies nor for NGO. So on the company side, there's a lack of financial incentives for them to save food and to donate their sell product because it takes them time and it's not a priority for them, especially in this time of COVID uh, when uh, they are struggling. So because of that, we are not really tapping in the full potential of what we could save and a lot of products are actually going to waste. And on the other hand, NGOs are relieved by the food they receive with us, but um, it often acts as a complement more than as a real solution for them. Um, so because the donation of the companies are not really predictable, so it makes it hard for the NGOs to rely on this only source of food. So they uh, have funds from CSR companies, from the government, and then they go to the supermarket and buy uh, goods, but the prices of goods are increasing. So we want to um, tap in, like go upstream and actually offer a new service where we would buy, we would like have a B2B marketplace where we would actually buy surplus food from companies at a cheaper price that is knee expiry etc and then re, uh, and then resell it become a marketplace for ngos but also for smaller businesses like boutique and superette to um to for them to buy these products at a cheaper price so this is a project we are actually uh working on and that we see a lot of demands on the two side actually so yeah this is maybe what's uh, what's next for foodwise all of this sounds really exciting to me <laughs> and a lot of projects yes, uh, <laughs> on, the, on the plate. I wish you all the success, uh, you and your team, all the success on that. And uh, well, first of all, huge, huge congratulations for, uh, for being accepted uh, into this program. Uh, I think that will be amazing for you guys. And I look forward, I to, look forward to hear how is the adventure going on. Definitely. We are so excited to start. Also, it starts in September. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Very nice. Um, we've spoken a lot about Foodwise and your, uh, 
your initiatives and uh, the business model and uh, what you are looking forward to. I would like to ask you um, to come back to you, uh, the entrepreneur, Rebecca, and ask you quite a very personal question. Um, because we, we, we created Entrepreneurs Talk Africa to, to also serve as a platform for the entrepreneur, the, the self, the person, and not just the projects and the startups. So I would like to ask you, what have been your biggest challenge or challenges you've faced so far personally in your entrepreneurial journey? And if you have overcome them, how did you? Yeah, thanks. Um, that's a great question. I love when I listen to postcards that uh, entrepreneurs ask these questions because I think we, we really learn a lot. And I really hope with my small two and a half year journey, uh, I will be able to, yeah, to, to help uh, other entrepreneurs. So I think the, I was thinking, yeah, actually about this question. And I think that the really the, the main biggest challenge, which really I think sums up uh, my entrepreneurial journey, is dealing with the ups and downs. So I think that like being an entrepreneur is being like being on a roller coaster, and there's not like one day uh, that you don't have like major news coming like up to you, whether it's good news or bad news. So you can be on a high, and then like two seconds later, like uh, feel like that everything um, is falling apart. So I think, yeah, dealing with the ups and downs was really uh, my biggest challenge uh, uh, during my entrepreneurial journey. So now, like, how did I overcome uh, this broad uh, challenge? So I think first the, that I, it's really like a, a mindset thing. I really try to focus and say that like every obstacle uh, I'm, I'm facing, uh, it's really an opportunity to grow and to learn. And um, that's that, yeah. That and and my dad told me something one day. Is, uh, it comes from the book um, uh, "The Road Less Travel." That life is difficult, and once you assume that life is difficult or that challenges are normal in a business, when everything is going well, then it's anormal. So that helps help me a lot to 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 um, deal with uh, downs, especially. Um, so, so that was the first thing. And it also comes to being pre mentally prepared to tackle the challenges. So maybe that's my second point, uh, how I dealt with up and down. It's really to build a support system. So have, um, like, uh, I call them like my secret board of advisors because they don't really know they are my advisors, but it's like some, some family, some friends, some like kind of mentors that I found and that really the people that when I'm surrounded by them, I like, it makes me feel good. Like they, they give me energy. They are always there to give me like pep talks. Uh, and they really help me like to, to talk back like to my self-doubt. So I think that's uh, this like support system you build and the people you surround yourself with is really, really, really important because you could like really, uh, when you're an entrepreneur, like stay alone and and work a lot. And But these moments are really important. And also what I didn't do a lot at the beginning, but what's really important is to cut off uh, and recharge. Uh, so during like at night or during the weekends, uh, that's like prioritizing sleep. That was yeah the the whole uh, 
context uh, around your 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 work for me was really really important um i think also like about like uh, the uh, maybe a third point um was to really uh, try to focus on my strength so sometimes at the beginning i was like these are my weaknesses i will work on them and then by focusing too much on your weaknesses like you you see just like your weaknesses and you are actually not focusing on your strength uh, and actually i i recently uh, heard a podcast from sarah blakely uh, I, and I, yeah, it's the first uh, biggest self-made woman billionaire in the world. And like she, she said, like, if you had a good day, that, that means that you had spent the majority of your day doing things you are good at and that you had to hire your weakness. So that like, really helped me to focus on my strength, like to really manage the, the up and downs and, and yeah, and to be really calm to yourself. And I think this comes back to my fourth points which is like a system that I have put in place, which is really to have objectives uh, and wins. So actually I have like objective for the year, but I cut down into uh, trimester and then into months and then into weeks. And every week, every, and actually every day, every morning, I look at them because it's so easy when you're an entrepreneur to get lost and to go like in all direction. You have so many opportunities, especially in our field. And it's so easy to get lost and to want to do everything. And it's so important to focus. So the, the objectives like help me so much. And the objectives come with win because at the end of your week, at the end of your month, at the end of your trimester, at the end of your uh, year, you look back on your week, you look back on your month, and then you do your wins. And that's like I created like a success band, as I call it. It's so important like for my self-esteem because it's so easy to always push yourself because you, you're ambitious and you always got to, you want to go further and you don't really realize what you are achieving. So yeah, focusing really on my on the objective and the wins uh, really helped me not to be overwhelmed actually uh, and to help me gain perspective that, that it's quite easy to, loss, uh, to lose. And yeah, finally, I think just be grateful. Uh, that's where I think I really find my courage. I'm really grateful to be able to be an entrepreneur, to be able to have the support that I have and do a job that I like. So I think yeah, reminding this to me every day like really helps me. So yeah, I think these five points uh that's what helped me during my journey and yeah to really manage the up and downs which were i think my biggest challenge amazing amazing thank you so much for sharing for sharing all of this uh with us with our audience and uh, i'm sure the entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs out there listening to us will definitely Will, there will definitely be things that will resonate with them, make things in the mind and, uh, and, and, and connect with what you just said. For me, it's definitely, I have, I have been also into this emotional roller coaster that is the entrepreneurial journey. And many things that you just point out there, I, I went through them and some... Some has been more difficult than others to, to implement and, and to, to be consistent about. But wow, kudos to you for what you have achieved through these two and a half years and what uh, you and your team are, are bringing to, to the community. And I, I wish you all the best for, for the future, Rebecca. It has been an immense pleasure Thanks to speak with you. Um, we are... 
we are unfortunately reaching the end of, uh, of this podcast and, and conversation. Before letting you go, I still want to, to pick on your mind a little bit. Uh, we have this traditional closure that we have here at Entrepreneurs Talk Africa. We usually ask uh, our guests if they had three pieces of advice, just three pieces of advice. I know you have just given five, uh, shared five <laughs> of, your, of your formula, of your winning formula, but give us three more advice like that you would share to our community, to the people listening to, to, to us right there, to these inspiring women entrepreneurs out there listening to Rebecca and would be like, what advice would you give it to them? Yeah. First, I think never forget that your feminine energy is a strength. So be authentic, make yourself vulnerable. Um, and yeah, don't fear to be rejected. And I, I, I found that focusing on like my feminine energy really helped me because it makes uh, it's different and, and it's more in the collaboration field, less than in the competition. So yeah, that's my first advice. Uh, honor your feminine. And then the second is aim high. Um, so yeah, just uh, be willing to go out of your comfort zone and be, be brave, believe in yourself and uh, really find failure. So don't be afraid of uh, failing. So yeah, that's my second advice. And my first one is listen to your intuition. It's so easy to, yeah, I always take some at the beginning, especially so much uh, advice from others and then you are really lost and so it's good to take advice, but then don't forget that your inner self knows what best for you better than anyone else. So yeah, listen to your intuition. Amazing. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for sharing your time and being on our podcast today. It was amazing to, to share this moment with you. Uh, thank you to the, to the audience for tuning in and uh, listening to us. You've been listening to Entrepreneurs Talk Africa the podcast for African entrepreneurs and today I had the immense pleasure to share this moment with Rebecca Spitalienoel, the co-founder of Foodwise. Check them out, it's foodwise.io uh, and uh, hopefully see you next week. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you.